Luke, do you know what this robot man's saying in the Luke and Pete Shaw theme? He's sort of going... Is he actually saying something? I think so, yeah. I mean, it's clearly a vocoder of some sort, but uh, this guy... Oh, yeah, hang on. Let me... I got this for free, maybe? <laughs> well, you're laughing. You are laughing, but the song is actually called I Got This. Oh. Oh, laugh on the other side of your face now, Dawson. Well, I didn't know what the theme was called. I didn't requisition it. No, I did. <laughs> I'm the one who rolls my sleeves up around here. <laughs> there you go. That's going to be did, the new it's been. <laughs> did we pay for the theme? No. We got me for free. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. That's Pete Donaldson. Oh. I'm Luke Moore. This is episode 52 of the Luke <laughs> and <laughs> Pete Show. It's going to be one of those, is it? Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, Pete's been on the yep. frozen... <laughs> <laughs> Pete's, been... <laughs> Pete's been on the frozen sausages again. Woo! I'm off my face. I'm butt flying sausages. And uh, those of you who listened on Monday will hopefully have recovered from the horrific tale of uh, Mr. Dave Clements, who is alive and well, I can confirm, and living confirm. in Scotland. He could have died in between no, emails. That email sent last week, Luke. You don't know, man. Anyway, it's Thursday. You're almost through the week. By the way, it was Easter last week, and we didn't mention it. Uh, yes, it was. We didn't mention it because um, we are being disrespectful <laughs> to a man rising from the dead and going up to another man saying, I told you. I told you I'd rise again, dickhead. Yeah, that's how you know that Jesus was a proper human being uh. because um, the first thing he does, as far as my rudimentary understanding of the Bible goes, uh, the first thing he does when he literally comes back from the dead mm. is to go up to someone and go, Oi, Tom, oh, you. Thomas, told you I was a fucking son of God, didn't I? I. I'm having, and a that's bit the first a, thing I would do. Pete. I'm having a bit of an educational uh, crisis. Okay. When Jesus was killed on the cross, and he did he rise again after that moment, or no, he, is, he, he was buried in the tomb. He was buried in the yeah, but was he? And he rolled thought, away the stone. And I came thought, out. yeah, I know, but I thought he was buried in a tomb after he died because he must have died to get yeah, he buried was, in a tomb. He died for three days and he came back. Yeah, I, I know, but how was he killed in the first instance? On the crucifix. All right, so we're talking. This is the end game. Yeah, and then he are, are you up. aware of the story of Jesus Christ? I'm really not. It no. seemed, I went to Catholic. So I got an A star in so, uh, religious studies. This is not my area, but it's, it's more my area than yours. By the sound of it, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, he died on the cru- on the cross. Yeah, um, someone came along and stabbed him in the side with a, with yeah, a spear. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. So I thought it, the rolling away the stock because it's not much of a parable. Everyone, listen. I think this might be about to get good. <laughs> Let's just give him enough rope. Let's just give him enough rope, okay? It, was, it wasn't I'm a rope. I'm not going to say anything. It wasn't one of the ropey ones. It was a nearly one. So the na- he got nearly, and then they took him down, put him in the thing, and he rolled away the stone, and then he came out. Bearing in mind that I'm familiar with stories about Caesarea Philippi and the transubstantiation of the Catholic faith and stuff, I mean, I'm, I'm, but the actual building blocks of the actual story, I'm a little bit, clearly a little bit... He didn't die twice. He died once. He rolled away the stone. Then where did he go? He ascended to heaven. Right. Why is everyone sort of how how is that building a religion on on a, how can you build a religion on that? We've got half an hour. <laughs> yeah, we've got <laughs> half an hour here. Is this what you want to do? I just think it's very low stakes. If he's died and he can roll away the stone, he goes, oh, "Yeah, told you. See you later." Yeah, and and you know, and and everyone talks about God, and if you're in the Catholic faith, God and, and Jesus is very much the same thing, if I remember rightly, um, uh, because of the transubstantiation, I believe. Um, and, uh, yeah, when Jesus goes to heaven, like, so God's basically saying, I gave you my only son. I was like, mm. well, for a bit. Then you took him back. Yeah, then you took yeah. him back. What, what, so, what would you have preferred to have happened? I would have preferred if Jesus pulled a skid, killed a kid, <laughs> and then hurt his knackers on a dustbin lid. 
that would have been a better story and a better way to start a religion. <laughs> Shall we get into uh, the show? Oh, oh, it's not enough time. In the... Let's get Marcus. Let's get. We should have like a little corner with Marcus from the Football Rambler that teaches about Jesus. Yeah, and the stories. We're, and things. we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> what? Listen, everything I planned to talk about for the mm. first part of this show, episode 52, is now gone to absolute pieces. Yeah. Um, Memories from Catholic school, I think I'll... Uh, let's not next... open that Pandora's <laughs> box. Um, but um, that was that was an interesting start. This is mm. episode 52. It's Thursday. Um, you've made it through the week. The Easter thing, I shouldn't have brought it up. I should no. have known better. Where do the eggs come in? Where does the rabbit well, come in? Well, the eggs symbolise new life. Shut up. I don't know about the, the, Easter, the Easter rabbit. Easter bunny. Yeah. Not sure. Um, but in case my, in case our nieces are listening, Pete, we don't want to ruin their uh, ruin their time, so we won't. Oh, kids that asked about the Easter Bunny, really? They like, they like the bloody chocolate. Don't I they? mean, they like the bloody chocolate, but I don't think it's as um, real. Here's one for you. Them. Here's one for you. This will be interesting for you. I would argue, in between the um, Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny, I think they're more asked about the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, I wrote a letter to my mum as a kid because my tooth got knocked out at school and I couldn't find it again. So I, on my own, wrote a letter. To, I was only about, I was only about sixteen. Right, write a letter to uh, my mum saying... My that, first is in tooth, but not in truth. Yeah, no, I write a letter to the Tooth Fairy via my mum, who was the, uh, the Tooth Fairy's messenger yeah. in our house. Course, sure yeah. yours was the same. Uh, my dad couldn't have been less bothered. Uh, <laughs> I said, can I still have 20p? Because I did lose a tooth, and if you don't believe me, you can check the gap, but I can't find it. And I can't remember if my mum gave me one or not, 20p, I'm not sure. Um, but I was going to say to you very quickly, here's a bit of a dilemma for you, right? So, you know... It's quite a famous internet sort of a right wing trope where people who are idiots on the internet go, "Oh, why don't um, why don't Easter eggs have Easter on them anymore? Why are you trying to sort of whitewash our culture? Why mm. why can't we talk about Easter? Is it because we don't want to offend minorities and all the rest of it?" Yeah. Which I always assumed was complete nonsense. And I saw on Twitter last week in the build up to Easter, uh, Cabri uh, replying to a lot of people saying, "No, there is Easter- it does say the word Easter on our Easter eggs." Blah blah. Mm. Check this out though. And I've got no dog in this fight. I don't have any interest in Easter at all. I quite like eating loads of food that's bad for me. That's as far as my relationship with the uh, Easter holiday goes. When I looked at all the Easter eggs I bought for my family, mm. none of them, and I mean none of them, had Easter on them. It's a marketing thing, isn't it? Easter's not cool. But why are they saying it does? eggs. Why are they saying it does? Well, because... I mean, presumably it's some some place on the packaging that says it's, Easter eggs. But like, no, it's, it's, it says chocolate egg. Right. It says chocolate egg. On the back, it says, uh, in very small writing, in the literal, like, legally required instruction, mm-hmm. it says Easter. Is it or is it not on the on the packet? Yeah, but oh, come on. You know, what, you know what I'm getting at? Well, no. Well, Easter doesn't sell, but eggs do. I, you know, Easter's just not a cool word, I'm oh, afraid. Oh, man coming back from the dead? It's a brilliant story. <laughs> yeah, nobody else said, think about that when they're bloody... True, eating, actually, eating yeah. the chocolate, are they? Oh, dead people. No, thanks. No, well, all right, fair enough. Well, listen, maybe our listeners, hello could come up with a solution to the, that. The fact that, the fact that um, a, uh, a denominational uh, celebration has permeated and, 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 and penetrated society to such an extent that uh, capitalism has got involved, I think the Christians should be just happy with their work. You know what mm. I mean? We all eat Easter eggs. We all have Christmas. Muslims have Christmas. Uh, people, dude, the Jews have Christmas. We all celebrate Christmas, by and large. We all get a day off. We all enjoy ourselves. So, fuck off, all right? What what voice is that? I don't know. It's like a Bernard Manning type. Angry David Attenborough. <laughs> it sounded a bit like Bernard Manning. Um, <laughs> listen, hello at LukeandPeach.com. If you want to get in touch with us about anything at all, we'd be absolutely delighted to hear from you. 
for the next whatever, however many minutes it is now, we're going to uh, we're going to tell some of your stories. Um, but before we do that, but you better give us a bloody jingle. All right then, I've deleted some of my jingles. Why? I said why. Well, we've got to leave a space. Talk into the mic. It's people can hear it then. <laughs> It's time some emails <laughs> with Pete Dawson and Luke Moore, the Pap Show. Yeah. Pete and Pete. Oh, that'll be one week when you can't do it, the Pap Show, where I just go through Pap smears. Why results. You, <laughs> why would you need me to Not do... cancerous, not cancerous. Well yeah. done, ladies. Yeah. You yeah. carrying on with that? <laughs> yeah. This is gonna... That's how Pat Smear got his name. That's probably quite obvious, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. it's not good, his real name. Good, no, it's not his real name. He was in a band with uh, uh, who sang Bloody Carlisle. Was he? Yeah, the Go Go's, right? Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, he, he wasn't in the Go Go's, was he? He wasn't the Go. Uh, no, not the Go Go's. Um, uh, what was that punk band? Um, where did he get his start? Google Pat Smear. Oh, the Germs. The Germs. She was in what? the Germs briefly. Was she really? I yeah. didn't know that. And Pat Smear is looking older and older, but he still looks young. Young he, old man. Is he knocking about with the Foo Fighters now? Yeah, he plays yeah. Foo Fighters. I think I don't think he even want, wanted to continue with the Foo Fighters. But Dave Grohl kind of uh, made him. Made him. Oh, and they say <laughs> he's the nicest man in rock. Yeah, he's got a slave guitarist holding Pat Smear against his will. He was playing with bloody Nirvana in uh, Live in New York, wasn't he? Yeah, my, he was. Yeah, my my uh, favorite piece. Well, it's not really a favorite piece of trivia, but a good piece of trivia about the Germs, influential punk band, was that Darby Crash, the lead singer, mm. planned to commit suicide to elevate himself to this some sort of like posthumous uh, legacy for the band mm. and he did so mm. and it was never really picked up on they never really got any of the traction he wanted to get for the band and they remain fairly obscure to this day because John Lennon was murdered the same day yeah there we go wait until the end of the day did you already know that uh, yes. Disappointing. Yeah, wait till the end of the... No, but wait the thing the is... 1981, was it? It was, I think, around yeah. the, it would, no, it was 80, it was 80, it was 80 I think. Right. Yeah, I think it was December 80, I think, yeah. Because um, just a couple of months after um, I was born, because my mum always talks about it, she remembers where she was and all the rest of it, because I mean, she was a massive Beatles fan. <laughs> she's a massive Jams fan. No, no, she doesn't know, <laughs> she doesn't know who he is. Yeah, uh, yeah Pat's proving the point. Pat's me was in both bands, is what I'm saying. All right? He wasn't in the Beatles. Yeah, uh, No, he wasn't in the Beatles. No. But if I was going to do a... I might do like a... Imagine if you did like a, a fake documentary about Pat Smear. Was it, you know, like um, Kurt and Courtney, uh, the documentary, yes. the, the, is it Nick, Nick Broomfield? Broomfield, yeah. Where they couldn't use any music from uh, Nirvana, so they had to use that um, Top of the Pops performance where Kurt Cobain sort of sang Come As You Are and Sue yeah, Voice. <laughs> he also. <laughs> that's the only music it was, they It was Smells of Teen Spirit, wasn't it? Uh, oh, yeah, maybe it yeah. was, yeah. yeah. Um, that, Nick Broomfield, who I admire greatly as a, as, a, as a filmmaker, really lost his way in that movie he started like he went he took it in such a direction where he was essentially interviewing like old alcoholics who were talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. killing co- it was mad it yeah. was quite mad um which is disappointing because it made his name though a little bit didn't it it, it, did. it, it uh, furthered no, his name i think yeah it will definitely further his name yeah um emails emails from pat smear did not kill either people we've got an email here from pat smear <laughs> how dare you saying um i actually quite enjoyed playing the guitar Dave Grohl was a nice man, mm. and if I wasn't touring with the Foo Fighters, I'd probably just be sitting around watching Unplugged in New York on a DVD that I've got. These things come in three, so watch out, DG. Yeah, true. I'm saying. What do you think? What do you think the dynamic is between like Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins, the, the drummer for Foo Fighters? Because they when, seem to get on, don't they? Yeah, well, they do seem to get on. Mm. But when you see, um, say, I, I've. I've seen the Foo Fighters live, but a long time ago. I last time I would have seen them would have been on the TV. Maybe did they, did they headline Glastonbury or something? Uh, rings a bell. Something like that. And for one or two of the songs, mm. Hawkins gets up and does a 
bit a bit of singing. Yeah, yeah. And Grohl plays the drums. Mm. What's the dynamic? Oh, right, because Dave Grohl was a, a he's, drummer. He's a very well-respected drummer in one of the greatest bands of all time. Some people would say the greatest band of all time. My... How, how does that suit you? If, if, someone, <laughs> says, if someone said to me and you, right, um, you're going to be in a band and you're going to play, um, you're gonna play uh, guitar in the band, Pete, mm. because um, Steve Vai <laughs> wants to start singing. Right, okay. And you're yeah. going to play guitar for him. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable in your job, is what I'm saying? Well, I'm not a confident performer, Luke, as you well know, so I don't back myself very often, so no. I probably wouldn't be able to um, uh, deal with that situation. If you did back yourself off, and you would be dangerous. <laughs> the uh, um, the Dave Grohl... First two Foo Fighters albums are the only ones worth anything, Disagree. in my opinion. And uh, Dave Grohl played all the instruments in the first album. Did he really? Did he, yeah, oh, yeah, because- that's why he brought in... All of the other members. So, I think one of them might have come from the punk man you know his for a name, you know. Oh, really? The, 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 the story around him... Shiflet, is that one of them? Don't know. Story, the, story around, um, the story around the first Foo Fighters album extends from Dave Grohl being very insecure in his job in Nirvana because Kurt Cobain had a propensity to fire drummers all the time. Right. So he wrote songs on the side thinking, right, if I get kicked out of this band, which is inevitably going to happen, I'll start my own band. Yeah. And a lot of the songs on the first Foo Fighters record are... Um, are from that because I think Cobain had a little monopoly on writing songs in Nirvana. Well, he well actually Dave Grohl um, played a couple of um, songs to Kurt Cobain that he'd written, and Kurt Cobain genuinely said, uh, genuinely said, "Oh, well, that's great. Now I don't have to write my own songs. Now I don't have to write all of the songs." So because yeah, I'm not, I'm not be around that much. Right? Gonna, yeah. So <laughs> have you ever said there's a promo uh, um, that one of the first videos that Nirvana uh, ever did? Dave Grohl's not on drums, but uh, the, um, the the main two big players are. Yeah, uh, playing and uh, it's in like a tandy. They filmed their first music video in a tandy. I, I think I, I think I, I might even have mentioned it on this show. But is it Chad Channing on drums? Dig it out, it yeah. Be. Dig it out. It's uh, it's just them leaping around a, a, a tandies or a or a radio shack for you uh, American listeners. There's a really interesting. Uh, we'll, so underwhelming. We'll move on from this in a sec, but there's a really interesting um, phenomena with Nirvana, who obviously were so good that it's you know, it goes without saying. But there's a video of them doing a cover of "Son of a Gun." the Vaseline song mm. talked about Vaseline last week slightly, uh, sorry earlier in the week slightly different circumstances um, brilliant Scottish band Vaseline I'm sure everyone's mm. heard of them but um, they do Son of a Gun live and there's a, just an audio recording of it on YouTube there's no footage but mm. you can hear it and it sounds amazing right mm. but if you break it down to its like component parts Cobain forgets pretty much all the words <laughs> all the instruments are out of tune it's not in time <laughs> yeah. but it's still amazing yeah. and well, how can you put your finger on why that is it's really weird <laughs> all of those kind of they were a punk rock band weren't they they were just like not fun but they were just intense it but they still, it's amazing they don't take any of those boxes but mm. they still sound great which, what are the songs that they um, sang it wasn't Jesus Don't Want Me Something that's a different song isn't it but which one uh, which ones of the that band did they play um, which covers oh they, Meat Puppets take? No, the, which ones of the... Um, the Vaseline. The Vaseline. Yeah, Jesus Don't Want Me For A Zombie is a Vaseline song. It's a Vaseline song. What was Son, the of the gun, Son of a Gun, Son of a Gun, Molly's Lips. Molly's uh, Lips. So yeah. Molly's Lips uh, was a reference, the title was a reference to a Jack and Ori character. Huh. So Kurt Cobain singing about Jack and Ori. It's amazing. <laughs> Weird, yeah. Vaseline's are amazing. I really, really, I really well, like them. Behind the music with uh, Luke and yeah. Pete. Let's do, some, let's do some emails before yeah. we disappear off our own arses and our yes. music opinions, which everyone probably disagrees with. And fair enough. You, mm. Do you want to go first? An anal Pat Smear. Yeah, Pat that's smears. how it started. Yeah. You're talking about blooming smears. Well, they're important, ladies. They so. are. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. You, do you want to go first or not? I'll, uh, you go first. Okay, I'll do a real quick one. All right. This is from Chris, who lives in Hamburg, showing off. 
Hello, Christian Amberg. You've been... I love Amberg. Yeah, you know you do, yeah. Uh, Reaper Vaughn. Hi, guys. In the latest episode, you mentioned military use of silly string. This is quite an old, ep- old email, I think, mm. um, uh, to detect tripwires. My immediate thought was that silly string seems far too whimsical a name for the purpose, and I bet Luke, Pete, or your army of listeners can come up with something much more fitting. As a start, I offer tactical twine. <laughs> uh, batteries, brass sonic, he- uh, extra heavy duty. Uh, cheers, Chris. Um, this is when we talked a while ago about um, the soldiers using uh, silly string to detect tripwires and stuff. Mm. And they had to buy their own effectively. Yeah. Because it's not allowed to be delivered or something. What would you call it? I mean, the obvious would be soldier string, wouldn't it? Soldier string. Yeah, string just doesn't seem... Soldier string yeah. sounds like the thing you put in the back of a, of a what's it called, a G.I. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> or a, what's, what, what do we call G.I. Joes? Uh, Stephen. No, you know... the. What? What are they call them in the mental block? I think we have GI. We had GI. Yeah, but we had like we? proper army men that with little string at the back. I can't remember what they're called. Uh, uh, no, what about know. tripwire twine? Tripwire twine is that one of his? Right, okay. But he's a tactical twine. Tactical twine. And, and the only other thing I can think of is army aid. That sounds <laughs> a bit weird. Uh, well, I planned on, uh, on on coming up with some, but I've just written down one now. War spray fiber. Yeah, war spray war fi- fiber. Oh, just war fiber. War, war fiber. fiber. Yeah, yeah. Get war the war fiber out, corporal. Action Man's what I'm thinking of. Action Man. What's yeah. the difference? I think Action Man's look a bit bigger. G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe was an all-American hero, so I imagine it probably didn't translate particularly well. There was an excellent... Uh, back in the day, I was obsessed by Eric Fensler, a man called Eric Fensler, who later went on to work uh, on the Tim and Eric Awesome Show uh, style, the videos and stuff, and the editing. Uh, he used to do... Um, you know, at the end of every G.I. Joe, there was a public service announcement. You used to get that quite a lot in every American TV show. You used to get it at the end of the Hurricanes, the soccer-based uh, right. cartoon. You used to get it at the end of, like, Captain Planet, where he'd go, listen, guys, ignore my weird green mullet and the fact that I hang around with children. you got to save the planet. And it all starts with you crunching up your bottles of water and putting them in the recycling. Oh, really? Like, sort of thing. So there'd be like a, Captain a, Planet? So it was a little kind of like a public service announcement at the end of every show of right. telling kids to not be dicks. Sure. Um, and uh, at the end of G.I. Joe, there was one where similar sort of things were going, don't play with electricity, kids. Oh, make sure you press the fire alarm whenever you see a fire and leave the, leave the building. Um, and this guy would edit these, uh, these uh, things. It was Fensler films, they were called. And he just edited uh, G.I. Joe into the most wonderful, hilarious uh, kind of situation. So he'd like kind of overdub uh, a man uh, sort of giving someone a stick. And he's going, oh, give him the stick. Oh, don't give him a stick. I'm explaining it terribly, but it's wonderful. Can we have a listen? Fensler Films, FenslerFilms.com. Well, it's going to take a bit of time for me to get it up. Oh, I thought so. you might have had it queued up. No, but it's uh, very Maybe good. we'll stick it on the social media. G.I. Joe! Would that be similar to when Mr. T did that song about respecting your mother? That type of thing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. All right, uh, go on. What's, what's the next email? All right, the next email comes from... Hello, Colin. Um, This comes from Colin. Uh, Hey, Luke and Pete. Batteries in a loop. Don't get too excited. I ordered them on Amazon as they're rechargeable. I'm emailing from Manhattan, the Upper East Side, to be specific. I'm trying to tie in a few themes from the show. One, school trips, study centre. Two, odd places in the US that are very interesting things. King of Prussia Mall in PA. And uh, Mankata, cool stuff. And four, Pete's penchant for petrifying computer games. I present to you Centralia, Pennsylvania, a.k.a. the real-life Silent Hill, or the city on fire from the Sweeney Todd. Oh, I love this. Uh, I went there while on college with my geology class. I'll let you read about the details and check out the pictures from Wikipedia and Google. Basically, it's a mainly abandoned ghost town in the US, which went from a population of more than 1,000 in uh, 1980 to 63 by 1990, a mere decade later. Why? Well, it was a coal mining town until the mine caught fire and has been burning underneath the town since the early 
60s. The zip code was even discontinued by the Postal Service in 2002. In 2013, there were seven people still living there. <laughs> Some things I remember from my school trip. One, the ground still smokes and releases toxic gas. Two, the ground is very warm to touch. Three, the roads and buildings in and around the town are all cracked as a result of the crumbling ground beneath it. I hope this is of some interest, even if you don't include it on the show. Uh, love the show, etc. cetera. Uh, yeah, Colin, thank yeah, you. This is amazing. I've seen, um, I've looked this up, and for those of you struggling with uh, the geography of it, it's about a three-hour drive west of New York City mm. in Pennsylvania. Um, it's been burning since at least May 27th, 1962. And it's suspected to be from deliberate burning of uh, rubbish in a former mine. In which, the mine, which ignited a coal seam. Um, mm. I mean, the the wisdom of starting a fire, which has essentially got endless fuel, <laughs> is is. I mean, I know you need oxygen to maintain a fire. But presumably, it's got that somehow from some of the shafts and stuff. Mm. It's incredible. And the the I did take Colin's advice and looked up the photos online. Uh, one of the pics I saw of it, someone has actually graffitied Silent, Welcome to Silent Hill on the tarmac, <laughs> which is great. Nice. Um, but I would love, this is a long shot, but I would love if one of the people living in Centralia, one of the seven people listening to this show, <laughs> what's it like? Tell us. If you've been there. I can't imagine they have mobile phone coverage no. or, uh, or broadband. If you've been there or you know anyone living there, drop us a line. Hello at lukeandpeach.com. There is a town in the US which sits on top of a 56-year-old fire. Which is still burning. <laughs> it's one of those things where it, it happens quite a lot, actually. I think there's five or six of these um, situations all around the world for, where someone's accidentally ignited right. something. So for comparison, it's been burning almost as long and almost as fiercely as the burning in your heart for Maplin. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, this, what's, the, what's the deal with that big hall in uh, Kazakhstan? The, the Ring of Hell or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. That, was that um, no, lit the, by people? The Ring of Hell is in Africa, is it not? The, the mm, big I hole think... in Kazakhstan is the world's deepest hole, no? No, it's burning. Though. It's, it's, a oh, ring, it? it's, it's a ring of hell, so it's because it's burning. It's like uh, Dante's sixth ring or something like that. Wow, okay. Spooky, though, isn't it? Wow. Like, don't set fires up. Johnny yeah. Cash sang about it. I remember being in Broccoli once, uh, which is in southeast London, uh, and I don't know what was going on underneath, but I think there was some kind of um, electrical problem because there was horrible burning kind of... It wasn't a burning smell, but it was, like, it was like a buzzing sound, like something had gone wrong somewhere. And I remember walking past uh, for three days running, uh, the floor was really hot and it was smoking. And it mm. sounds like a fairly um, problematic electrical fault. <laughs> but I went over there, touched the floor, I was going, oh, it's so hot. And then the next day it rained. So that part of where the, where the, um, where the water would fall on this bit of pavement, uh, the, the steam would come off the actual pavement and it, no puddles would settle because it was steaming hot, the floor. What, would you ever find out what it was? I, I think it was just an electrical fault. Because Broccoli isn't actually... Broccoli's almost central London. Yeah. Yeah, it's just an electrical huh. But I, Well, that's what I would have surmised anyway. I mean, I shouldn't have been touching the floor because I could no. have been electrocuted. But... but you don't play by the rules. I don't play by the rules, you, mate. You, I was I, wearing rubber shoes, don't care. You used to eat frozen sausages and fly kites next to power lines. Um, <laughs> what have we got here? This is from Emma in Sheffield. I'm about to open a, a potentially half-closed old wound here, Pete. And oh. I make no apology for that. Pop a bot fly in. Emma, no, not that type of wound. Emma says, uh, good evening, gents. Loving the new format of two shows a week. I recommend your pods to anyone who pays attention to me. Um, I digress. I'm a keen runner, currently training for a half marathon in April and eventual full marathon later this year. Good luck with that, Emma. That sounds like a daunting task. She says, following recent episodes of the Football Ramble and having run out of adult frubes, 
I decided to give the humble Jaffa cake a go as my fuel this morning on a 12-mile run and just wanted to let you know they did the trick. I'm always keen to discover running food that isn't jelly babies or energy saving, uh, energy gels, so thank you. The main point of this email is to share my enthusiasm for a Jaffa cake off between the two of you and also put it out there that I'd be willing to challenge the winner. Take it easy, Emma. Now, for those of you who listen to the show, we've got a few who don't actually listen to the Football Ramble. We talked about Pete and I eating Jaffa cakes. Now, I actually quite rate myself as a Jaffa cake snaffler. Jaffa <laughs> cake snaffler. I, I, I said to Pete, get a box, I'll get a box, we'll sit down and we'll see who finishes a box first. And but I'm my, up for it, but Pete keeps not buying Jaffa cakes, so we can't do it. No, it, no, I'm very forgetful, so I'm not an admin details kind of person. But also, my situation was, the actual agreement was that you said you could eat as many Jaffa cakes as I could, but I was allowed to use tea. And that's no, but just that's how you just, that's how you extended it. Now, definitely a tea. I, I said I could smash I could smash back loads um, after tea or mm. during tea, imbibing mm. at the same time. Mm. Uh, do you want to do? Okay, look, we're going to do it. We'll get it on social media. So follow <laughs> us at Luke and Pete Show, uh, and um, yeah, you'll see it there at some point. We will do it. We've got an office which is expressly designed for the purpose. Yeah. I and mean, if we can't do Jaffa cake eating offs, what's the point of having an office? That's what no, I say. Exactly. Lovely. All right. You got any more? Uh, well, should we do a main Carter? Can I do one more email before we do? Because it's right. absolutely amazing. Fine. Okay. Um, this is from Mark in Barnsley. This really is good. He <laughs> says uh, um, he's got Raymax and Mustang batteries in his remotes. Mustang, good Sally! You good slow your Mustang down. There you go. Yeah. Thought I'd. Uh, Mark says uh, sh- thought I'd share the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because we called for that, didn't we? <laughs> After the Teletubbies IVF thing. Yeah. Uh, Mark says, One night at work, eight years ago, a group of us were casually chatting when the conversation turned to the ongoing situation at the time with the trapped Chilean miners. Now, you guys listening will obviously know what that is. Mm. Uh, and one of the people at his work said, It's a real shame, but I'm not surprised given how many miners are down there. This was strange <laughs> considering that there were only 33 miners trapped. I asked them what they meant. And they replied with, well, a Chilean miners is a hell of a lot of people to cram in a mine. <laughs> it was then that we realized that they meant a Chilean was a measure of number greater than a trillion. I'm having that. In her mind, it went million, billion, trillion, Chilean. <laughs> now that is one of those things. It cannot be made up. It cannot be. And it also uh, taps into, taps into um, something I've often felt a little bit aggrieved by. Sort of things that annoy you, but you don't really know why. The pronunciation of in the UK of the country Chile mm. and Chilean. It should be Chile and Chilean mm. because that's how it's spelled. Yeah, but uh, we all say like chili con carne. Yeah, but it's Chile. Do people say Chile or do they say? I know they say Chilean, but do they say in the US Chile. they say Chile? They say Chile. Yeah. Ooh la la. <laughs> that's France, so or as fancy. we call it. Frankie. <laughs> anyway, thanks for that, Mark. That, was, that really brightened my day. But, but now it's time for Men Carter. Do you want a quick um, Pox Sandwiches uh, uh, G.I. Joe public service announcement? Before yeah, we okay. Go? This is what I grew up on, basically. Do you want me to feel while it's loading? Or... Oh, sorry. I'll yeah. get there. You know I cook in. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Pork chop sandwiches. Oh shit! Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> what are you doing? Go! Get the fuck out of here, you stupid idiot! Fuck, we're all dead! Get the fuck out! My god, did that smell good. Detect it. There's no going and you tell me do things. I've done <laughs> running. 
It's like a bad, a bad lip reading, isn't it? It is, but it's. Uh, I, I, I just grew up on those things. I, I enjoyed them immensely. What year would they, did they come out, Pete? Um, I think they were probably around about 1998. Okay. There you go. When you were a mere slip of a lad of 30. G.I. Joe! Right, Men Carter. Yeah. You got a jingle for me, Pete Donaldson? Yeah, just load up the jingle machine. Pete Diggory Donaldson? We've got it here, we've got it here, baby. Let there be justice for all. Let there be justice! One small step for man. You don't understand. Where well, I was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope. With hope. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, that's an impression of me at the end. <laughs> impression of me at the end. I just didn't. Yeah, it's very convincing. Uh, yep. <laughs> What have you got for us, Pete? I'm a fated um, breath here. I have no idea what it is. You know what? You'll you'll probably know this one, but uh, because I remember hearing about it and reading about it uh, a few times because it's very popular. It's it's harrowing and disgusting, but just an example of big business fucking other little guys. Uh, I recently began. This is from uh, Greg King. Hello, Greg King. Uh, I recently began reading The Emperor of All Maladies about the history of cancer research. In it. Uh, Dr. Mukherjee uh, has some stories about the times shortly after the discovery of radiation. Imagine not knowing about radiation. Is it fair to say human beings learnt about the dangers of radiation the hard way? Yes, I'd over say so. and over again. I'd say so. uh, around 1917, a company called US Radium thought it would be a good idea to put radium in paint and make glow in the dark watch dials. Because uh, obviously it was great for watch dials. Yeah. It was luminous. Uh, while aware of the many side effects working with radium, they told the uh, young women tasked with painting the dials the paint was harmless. They even encouraged them to frequently lick the brushes with their tongue uh, to produce sharp lettering. In a totally foreseeable turn of events, many of the <laughs> women's tongues were burned from the radiation and their jaws began to die. Uh, when tested, some of them were found to be glowing with radiation. This became a national news story and the girls were dubbed the Radium Girls. Mm. A group of them eventually sued US Radium and won their case. Few settlements were collected, however, as most of the women were already dead or dying of cancer. Now, I first heard of this, I think, on an American life about five years ago. It's elephant's like foot all over again. It is, but it's, um, it was one of the stories that uh, the fight, the, I think some of the women didn't, are still uh, out of pocket for a lot of their families are. Um, it was such a long fight, and US Radium and their uh, subsidiaries, they kept rebranding, I think, as well. Uh, the subsidiaries were so horrible when it came to um, paying up on that so uh, it's one yeah. it's one of the um it's one of the only things you won't eat isn't it <laughs> what radium yeah radium sausages yeah, yeah. Oh, can you imagine your, your jaw dying no and you just and you know just I think basically your jaw coming off because you've had too much radium some of our casual listeners would possibly hope that happened to us at some point oh that's not very nice is it well i'm just saying a lot of women died so uh of course. yeah terrible never mind um um, uh, I'm trying to find another. Uh, uh, I thought you uh, you have promised people two Mencarta, so I'm just it, sitting here watching oh, you, you squirm just, until you deliver. Uh, I don't know where the other Mencarta is. To be honest, it's very. Uh, oh, yeah. No, hang on. No, I've lost it. Do you want okay. one that's not a Mencarta? Well, hang on a minute. You've you've running rough all over the rules here. Yeah. The rules that you invented. Yeah. No, with, your, with your jingles and everything like that. <laughs> Why don't we just save it for next week? All right, we'll save it for next week then. Yeah, something for people to look forward to. Yeah. They're used to you over-promising and under-delivering. They're used to both of us doing that. Yeah, I can't find it on my sheets. Never mind. It's, I'm going to step in here. Because uh, my printer didn't work, that's why. This is an intervention. Um, hello, and Luke and Pete Show. If you'd like to get in touch with us and contribute to this um, menagerie of, mm. of nonsense that we do twice a week. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You're very welcome. 
We love having you listening to it. Uh, do help us out and make it easier for other listeners to find us by sending us a review on iTunes. Be very, very helpful. Or wherever you get your pods, of course, if there's an option to, to review us somewhere else, please do that too. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com again is the email address if you want to get in touch. And we will see you then. Yeah, I'm not ending the show here, Luke. You motherfucker. <laughs> I found something that you might like. I don't have who sent it, but I found it. Right, basically, this happened. It went viral. <laughs> it went viral at my university at the dawn of the internet, this mystery person says. So really, people uh, just passed the Medical Journal article around. The Medical Journal basically said that a man stayed behind in machine shop during lunch to uh, basically masturbate by running his his penis along one of his machine's belts. Oh, God. He gets a little bit too into it, and he rips up on his uh, testicle. Uh, Pouch. Pouch. <laughs> as we call it. Testicle sack. Uh, so his balls fall out, basically. He grabs a stapler, and he mends the sack right up with a stapler. Yeah, I mean, he's doubled down there. He's, <laughs> he's going, look, I'm not got the daughter for this. I'm just going to solve it myself. Stapler, though. What would you do? I mean, do you're already in agony, aren't you? I would probably try I, The idea of my testicles not being where they should be genuinely haunts me. Mm horrible and i because they're all little wires i just think they might unravel oh. we could have ended the show yeah i could have ended the show, didn't so um so his balls are falling out grabs his table amends it um reports to the doctor several days later the ball bag swallowed twice the size of a grapefruit the doctor doctor fixes him up from the doctor's case report uh, report finding himself alone he had begun the regular practice of masturbating by holding his penis against the, against the canvas drive belt of a large floor-based piece of running machinery can i just stop it here? regular practice He's doing it know, all the time. Right? Oh, God. He, should, he should have known. He's, he has sailed to... He's, he's been flown way too close to the sun there. One day, as he approached orgasm, he lost his concentration and leaned too close to the belt. When his scrotum suddenly became caught between the pulley wheel and the drive belt, he was thrown into the air and landed a few weak feet away. Unaware that he'd lost his left testes and perhaps too stunned to feel too much pain, uh, he stapled the wound closed and resumed work. He, I can only assume he abandoned his method of self-gratification. Snopes has it all even called the actual doctor to confirm the story. That happened. A man put his winky on either a running machine or a machine that, um, I don't know, polishes things. He got a good polishing. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, you know, those sort of things, I know what you're saying, that it, they spoke to the actual doctor and it's real and it happened. Mm. I, I do understand why you're saying that because the internet has loads of nonsense out there. But yeah. there is nothing new under the sun. No. Even, even if that's not been reported, it's, it's probably happened more than once. probably oh, happened loads you, of times. Men will put their penis in anything. It's probably happened to one person in this room. <laughs> <laughs> Have I put my penis in anything? Oh, come on. No, I don't think so. Maybe Hoover when I was a kid. Oh, What's wrong with that? Every kid's done that. Carry on. Not any- <laughs> Every kid has put their penis in a, in a Hoover. I'm just saying. We've got the row up. If, we, if you if you were trying next, to, we got the next advert now. We got we crop that for the next advert. <laughs> if you were trying to tell me that you've never put your penis in a Hoover when you've been, I don't know, fucking fourteen. I'm t- I'm not trying to tell you anything. Pathetic, dereliction of duty from Luke Miller there. Outrageous. I mean, obviously mine doesn't fit. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, let's get out of here. This has been the Luke and Pete show. I think I did that. Oh yeah, now we're ending the show. Yeah. Now we're ending it. All that stuff I said earlier, that still counts. Right, lads, if you put your penis in something weird... Hello at LukeandPeach.com. To be honest, I'm surprised it's taken us this long to get to this stage. (laughs) 